0: guys, welcome to the Vine Rant. Today we have Dave, myself, and our JV Capital guys. Partners founders. Oh, wow. right? What's going Lawrence, on? It's Joseph. Uh, Why are you so nervous, uh, Joe? Not nervous at all. Yeah, you are. I think
1: I'm in the presence of a celebrity here. So Two celebrities. Yeah, he's just never been on camera for this
0: reason. But we'll talk <laughs> about that later. I heard uh, Lori was uh, working out before <laughs> the show. He just, was. Yeah. was, yeah, He, he uh, just had a five-mile run. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Let's put the pressure on them.
2: <laughs> well, let's just, Laurie, keep your shirt on, eh? <laughs> <laughs> do my best. It's tough. Let's it's keep tough. Keep the gun show for another time, Laurie. <laughs> um, you know what? You guys in the private equity space. Let's talk about the market. See what's going on. The trends. You know.
0: Yeah. What about a little intro? Like, yeah. what are you guys
3: do? Tell us a little stuff? bit about what you guys yeah. do. Go ahead, Lawrence. Let, let, let
2: you're
1: off. Live. You're
0: you going on a plane for a
1: week. You can. You can. You can, you can tell us what's going on.
3: All right, so let's start with uh, JV. We'll start mm-hmm. with JV. So we uh, obviously lend money on properties. We're in the private mortgage space. And uh, right now what we're seeing is there's a lot of people looking for private money. I mean, it's much busier than it's been in the last, I'd say, four or five years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy out there. So uh, last year, I think we did about $60 million we're looking to do about 95 this year. So wow. just to see how much we've grown just over 12 months, the banks are tightening up. Um, they're just not lending anybody money really. I mean, you guys are in the A business. No, you know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing credit scores around 650, 700. Uh, people looking for 60% loan to value. They're going to the bank. They're getting shot down for a number of different reasons and they're coming to us. And we're more than happy to lend on those types of situations all day long.
2: And you guys lend predominantly in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, we're a GTA,
3: we're a GTA-based lender. Um, yeah.
1: We felt that if as long as we have, like, we're comfortable with the Toronto market. So as long as we. We have that real estate. We know in the long run, like we're pretty comfortable, pretty safe with everything. Um, Our investors, like the the bulk of them are also comfortable with the GTA space. So that's sort of why we've chosen to do it. And, you know, we've worked very hard at raising a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So we have the luxury of being able to sort of be able to stay in that market because all the loans are you know half a million, a million dollars, two million dollars. Not everyone can write those checks. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. that's sort of where I would say where Lawrence and I have been able to really excel. Um two things, the quick closings. You know, someone calls us three days before closing, you guys have your yeah. deals falling yeah. apart because the bank pulls a, a last minute condition, you call us. And even sometimes without an appraisal, depending on the circumstances, we'll put the money together and we close.
0: So, so let me ask the question that, you know, a lot of viewers I know are asking themselves. You're mentioning average credit score, perhaps even good credit score, low loan-to-values, I mean, good equity in the home. The banks are saying no, left, right, and center. You yep. guys are saying yes, yes. why? Like, well, why do the banks see a risk and you guys say, we'll take it? I mean, uh, you know, how, do you do they, analyze your risk how, how are you then? analyzing your risk? I mean, are the banks doing it wrong? Is the government doing it wrong? Let's 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 put things on. And stop being so professional. I know you guys are. Eh.
1: It's really not for us to criticize what the banks are doing. They're 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 obviously punishing everybody. You know, they they thought that perhaps <clears throat> they're going to help the first time homebuyers. If anything, the first time homebuyers are the ones getting crushed with these rules. You've got the average guy who lives in a house worth a million and a half dollars. He's he's owned it for 10 years. He's got probably maybe a minimal mortgage on it. If he wants to move, he can go buy another house. It's the guy who has a good job, maybe student debt, um, but the qualifying ratios are just so high that they're just making it impossible. What's ironic is that they're qualifying them at six and a half percent and our rates are not that much higher yet we see that they can obviously afford those payments based on their current cash flow. The banks see it from a different perspective. So, you know, maybe they'll ease up the rules eventually. There was definitely a point where things were getting out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, every month the properties are 100 grand more, 100 grand more, and, you know, as lenders, we have to take a step back and say, something doesn't smell right. We gotta sort of ease this ease this up a little bit. So.
3: I mean, just like, what, uh, I'd say <clears throat> the end of 2016, um, you know, we were comfortable to go up to 80% loan to value. You know, That was our wheelhouse, 80 and under, we were happy. And we would even say to people, it's a little bit higher, we're okay, we'll, we'll help you out and we'll do the deal. Um, and these prices started to go up and up and up. I remember we looked at each other and we said like, you know, there's someone who bought a house four months ago for, call it a million dollars. And they're coming back for a loan three months later, four months later, saying their house is now worth one, three, one, four. And I'm trying to justify how is that possible? Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at the comps and I see the comps, and the guy's not wrong. I mean, the houses on a street were selling for one, three, or one, four, but you just bought the house three months ago. I can't give you all of your money out, I get your all of your money out of this property. Now I'm the only one stuck that could potentially hold the bag at the end of the day, right? So we decided at that point we're going to scale back to 75, uh, maybe even a little bit lower. And we have a bunch of investors who were in the building space for 50 years. They're some of the bigger builders in the city. And we would present deals to them at 70 and we'd say, hey, this is a great deal. You can't lose 70%. And they would just laugh. And me and Joe, we didn't understand because we weren't around in the early 90s buying properties selling properties, lending on properties, but they were in a market where you couldn't give away a house. Yeah. So anytime I say to those guys like, Hey, look, 65% loan to value. You can't lose. It's a guaranteed deal. They just laugh because there's no guarantee. There, there's no guarantee. <laughs> Other right? Taxes and debt. But as a lender, <laughs> the, the
1: thought process of a lot of the guys are doing 80, 85%, even the 90% oh, guys. This guys doing 90,
2: 95. Right.
1: Yeah. And they would charge their 18% rates and their 10% fees. And the, for four years, they were the smartest guys on the block. They made the most money, they with the least amount of money being utilized. You know, we're playing with you know a lot of money, they're playing with a tenth of that, and they're making similar returns as an overall portfolio because of the the risk that they were taking. And you know, you go to 85 one year, next year at 75. You're a genius. You're now renewing that guy at the same rates, yet really those rates commend a 10% return, not 18. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was they kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Eventually, when the music stopped in March of seventeen, when we were talking, to all these guys—they're all underwater, yeah. and now they're going to be paying these loans back, or they've got to sit with these people and hope that they don't
2: walk away from the walk deck away deck.
1: from their homes. Yeah. Um, and you know, Lawrence and I got even we have been a few situations ourselves where we went to 75% and now we're sitting at 90 on those deals. Um, luckily we were able to get paid out because they sold something, but yep. yeah, we weren't happy about it. And mm-hmm. that was us being conservative, you know, two young guys you'd think we would be really aggressive, but
0: we have a lot of responsibility on our hands and yeah. we need to make sure. And I think that's a good segue for, you know, clients. If, if someone, you know, put yourself as a client, what would you suggest they do when they're working with their mortgage agent, mortgage broker, and looking for a private deal? You know, what what is what, what are the do's and don'ts? If,
3: cool. if I would say, firstly, you should exercise all of your options before going to a private lender. That's number one, because once you're in that, you know, part of the marketplace, it's tough to get out of it, <laughs> right? yep. And and that's just, the straight goods right so I would say that you know check out your bank see if they'll give you a loan go to the credit uh, unions unions see if they'll give you a loan home trust equitable uh, all of these places where potentially you can get I don't want to say a real mortgage because private mortgages are still mortgages but a place that you could stay there for a very long period of time at a reasonable rate once you start going private if you have a good broker, yeah, I mean, he can try and, and find you the one-off lender that'll give you a great rate, but those people, their money is scarce. They don't have a lot of it. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll get calls from brokers saying, you know, I got my guy a first mortgage at 599. Can you do the same thing for this client? And I'll say, well, why don't you go back to that person? Oh, they were just like a grandmother or a grandfather or the my mom friend, and pop money. <laughs> the mom and pop money. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, they, they were able to do me a favor. Well, yeah. like you know, we unfortunately don't have those rates. Yeah. Um, but you should always exercise your option, trying to find that stuff. Um, but, but, but
0: should, but should mom and pop be lending money out at five nine nine? No, no. I think they're being ill advised.
1: I think they're being ill advised by. Oh, I agree. Usually, the mom and pop shops uh, or these these grandmas and grandpas, they have a connection to a broker. Right. And this broker has this little pool of all these people, and he picks and chooses the deals. The problem is he's not realistically looking out for their best interest, he's looking out for his best interest so he can close his deal. And part of the closing the deal is getting the guy a low rate, so the guy takes the deal. And sometimes the risk isn't worth the reward. You know, we've seen deals where they've come to us at 70, 75% and said, six, four, nine is what I got. And we're going, you're crazy. It That doesn't justify what's going on and with rates going up right. one and a exactly. quarter percent last year. Cost of funds have gone up, yet for some reason I've noticed the pressure on us private lenders is not to increase our rates. It's there's been a certain benchmark that's been set on private mortgages, first around seven to eight and a half, second seconds around nine to twelve. And even though cost of funds have gone up, those rates haven't really gone up.
2: But I think um, so I think as far as the mom and papa, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people are ill-advised. Yes. And it's somebody in the family or a very close family relation, and and we had a client here recently. Who thought, you know what, she was being taken care of by a family member who's a broker, did a deal for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now it's in foreclosure, and she's lucky she gets back fifty out of one hundred and fifty. Yep. But she only has three hundred, so if she, half her net worth is in that one deal. It's ridiculous, you know. So I think there, there's, there people got to be careful with the mom and pop money. But as far as as what's going on in the marketplace, I've noticed that there seems to be an oversupply of capital right now. Definitely and And that's why we've seen the pressure on rates going down a bit, maybe not five ninety nine on a regular basis, but we're starting to see the seven and a half seven ninety nine pop up more often now.
1: I would tend to agree with you. I think this has become like the next big thing private lending. yeah every single person's a private lender now seems like everyone's in the business uh, right everyone's opening up it's mix true. and what's what's concerning to Lawrence and I is that we manage a lot of money mm-hmm. so we would understand if we ever had to have a, a proper mix or a mutual fund trust, we, we would be able to deploy that capital out. But you've got guys starting, and there's a lot of compliance by the way that goes yeah, of along. of course. With, oh, it's expensive, yeah. We've got, we're meeting guys who have $5 million mix, $7 million mix, and we're going, you the, uh, can't the can't audits are 100 grand a year. Yeah, you, you can't make money. No, no. no. What, what are you doing? So our, our outlook is they're putting out money, 18%, 15%, 5% fees. They're paying their guys 8%, 9%. They're clearing a 10 point yield. And that's how they're justifying these headaches, but, or these,
0: you know, I don't know, like. Yeah, but how do you scale your business with only five million bucks? If you're in the private business, you, you
1: can't.
3: The problem is you have to start somewhere. And diversifying, like how do you. Yeah. So like, like Joe started JV, right? This yeah. is, he started it a long time before even I was on board and he started with a half a million bucks you know he had one investor give him a half million dollars and he couldn't deploy that capital in the GTA because one deal could be a half million dollars so he went out east and west he did small loans 20,000 50,000 did that for what a couple of years I'd say right grew that fund to 8 million 8 million bucks right 10 million uh, bucks and yeah I mean you can only get into the GTA market if you have money right and if you have 5 million dollars you are not running a business if you're in the GTA you're doing less than one deal a month I mean it's it's not a business, but it's funny, you know, actually talking about mix that have not a lot of capital, you look at these websites, they have like 12 employees, <laughs> you know, and, and like I'm sitting there scratching my head wondering like, what What's is the everyone aura? doing? You're yeah. doing like one deal a month if you're in the GTA and you have 12 employees, like it doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, I would say that there's a lot of people there with 5 million, 6 million, 10 million, I think they get advice from lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're a private lender, why don't you open a mic? Oh, I think, you know, that sounds like a great idea. There are a lot of mics out there, you know, maybe I'll be a mic and people are just going to throw the money into this mic. We struggled with that idea of opening a mic at one point in time because, you know, we have the syndication model where mm-hmm. every single deal gets run by an investor and that investor says yes or no. And it could be a headache at some points in time, you know, when you're dealing with some investors and they're not putting their money in on time or... You have a great deal, and for every reason, the investors saying no, and you're struggling to find out why they're saying no. So, we had a conversation where maybe we'll have a MIC, we'll open it up, and we'll just put everyone's money in, and we can make the decisions on their behalf. So, we started calling our investors one by one hey, if you know, we opened a MIC, would you be interested in putting your money in? And it was no, 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 they want no. control, right? They want control, <laughs> right? Sophisticated
2: so, investors, that's
3: right. And I think that it's a common misconception among lenders that. Someone who invests with me is going to invest in me whether I have a MIC or whether I'm syndicating. That's mm. wrong. So it's a good thing that we actually researched and made those phone calls ahead of time. Otherwise, we would have opened a MIC and it would have been a flop. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Because yeah. These
3: guys are not just throwing millions of dollars into a MIC and saying, yeah, Joe, Lawrence, have a good time with my money and I hope you do the right <laughs> thing. You know, they want to know deal by deal what yeah. is going on with their money. And, and, and that's-
1: to touch on that, I think there's another issue that people don't like to talk about, which is... The mix that are raising this money, these EMDs, some of them are getting their own EMDs, so there's a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, the other issue is that some of these investors are not really accredited investors. Right. They're, they're they're like teachers who have like 50 grand in their RSP and they're throwing it into these mix, and they don't know where their money's going. So, ironically, they're the ones who are not as sophisticated or educated in this space. They're putting it into this pretty looking fund because you know, the presentation looks good and you know the biggest fortress right they so, they syndicated but really it was a fun structure where they went and raised all this money and they they brought all these people and put on a big hoopla and they they showed all the success that they had but really it was all smoke and mirrors yeah and and the the worst part the rich people didn't really get burned it was the people who didn't have money
0: who lost their money which so, is so, kind of a shame so why is it and <clears throat> maybe this is I, I legitimately asking a question because I don't know. Why isn't this being regulated more?